You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new documentary, The End of Poverty, our guest today, Philippe Diaz, reveals that poverty is not an accident. Begin with military conquests, slavery, and colonization that resulted in the seizure of land, minerals, and forced labor. Today it persists because of unfair debt, trade, and tax policies. In other words, wealthy countries taking advantage of poor developing countries. The End of Poverty is playing at the Lemley Sunset 5 in West Hollywood. It opens at the Culver Plaza Theaters in Culver City and the Lemley Monica Fourplex in Santa Monica, Wednesday, November 25th. Philip Diaz, welcome to Film School. Well, thank you very much for having me. Well, Just thanks. a little correction, the, we moved from the Sunset 5 to Santa Monica, so it's, it will not be playing at the Sunset 5, only oh. at the, the Lemley Monica. I gotcha. So it's, it's going to uh, move... Uh, as of tonight will be the last night? No, in fact, it's starting, the, the movie did open in New York, and now it's, it's opening like Wednesday uh, for the first time in Los Angeles. Okay, very good. It's not playing yet, it's, uh, it, it opens Wednesday. Oh, I got you, I'm sorry. Well, very no problem. Good then. So it's not playing at the <laughs> Sunset 5. <laughs> all right. It's not playing at all at the Sunset 5, and not yet in Santa Monica and Culver Plaza. All right, perfect, perfect. So, so uh, how are we treating you here in California? Are you here right now? Yes, yes, yes. I'm here. I've, I've been here for, I know you can't tell that with the accent, but I've been here for 18 years, you know. So. Oh, really? Oh, my. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I had no idea. I yeah, no idea. because I, I, I created a company here called Cinema Libre Studio, and Cinema Libre Studio is a production distribution company devoted to, you know, at least for the majority of our activity to social political films. Oh, excellent. You know, so we are distributing a lot of film every year in theaters, on DVD, on TV, and we're also producing as well feature film and documentaries. Is there a, a good website people can go to to, to get a hold yes, of your of company? Uh -huh. Yes, cinemalibrestudio.com. Libre is like free in French or Spanish, L-I-B-R-E, so cinemalibrestudio.com. Now, what, what decided to get you into a film about poverty at this point in time? Were, were you working on this for a while, or is this something that, that you had an inspiration and you had to do right now? Well, I can tell you, I always was very, very interested and concerned by these kind of issues because for one simple reason is I have a hard time with suffering, number one. And number two, I have even a harder time with the suffering I believe I'm responsible for. Yeah. And, and I studied, you know, when I was a student, I studied uh, political philosophy and philosophy of art so in, in Paris. And therefore, of course, it brought me very early on to feel that movie can make a difference because I started to make movies I was... 13 years old, long time ago, wow. and, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I continue to make movies since then, and, and for me, what is great, because I, I'm mainly a, film, a feature film producer, and even in all the movies I produced, you know, which were feature film with traditional story, there was always, you know, a social, political background or world issues, which was, you know, the background of the story, etc., etc. So, so if you want, I was always interested in these kind of things, and I started as a director, went to production, and came back you know, in, uh, in, in the, at the end of the 90s, when I did uh, this documentary called The Empire in Africa, uh -huh. in, um, in its English title, which opened at the Cannes Film Festival, which was a little bit the same kind of story, you know, which was talking about the civil war in Sierra Leone and how the northern powers manipulated totally this civil war. 
And, I, and, and in fact, it's the foundation who contacted me, the foundation who co-financed the film with us, you know, uh-huh. contacted me, having seen all the movie we produced, distributed, and, and, and asked me if I wanted to do a movie on, on the true causes of poverty. And, of course, the answer was immediately, yes, of course, when do we start? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, now you have some great locations in this film. I, you know, I, you're, you're showing people in poverty, but you do a wonderful job of, of interviewing and getting people to talk who are actually experiencing it and who have a good idea of, of, of the situations that put them there, too, at the same time. How did you do that? Did you uh, visit these countries beforehand? Did you have people uh, canvassing beforehand yourself? Or? <laughs> No, no, in fact, what we did, you know, we did a lot of, we did like six months of research before that we were ready to go. Uh-huh. And, and we, in fact, we, we you know, we, we pinpointed like a certain number of issues which had to be in the field. Like, for example, the land issue, which is number one issue, uh-huh. the natural resources issue, et cetera, et cetera. And based on these issues that we wanted to bring in the film, we, we picked the countries where we would go because, like, for example, Kenya has only land as resource. You know, it's a fairly rich country, but uh, we're plagued by this, the, the, the issue of land. You know, like the, the mineral resources could not be depict, depicted better than in the mine of Potosi in Bolivia because it's where all the silver was taken out to, start the, to, to, to create these big empires in Europe. You know, so we, we, so we, we decided based on the issues where we would go. And from there, of course, we had like people on the ground helping us to, to go visit. You know, it's not that simple because we, <laughs> we, we, we came back with 100, 100 hours of footage. Wow. And, 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 you know, and of course there are a lot of interviews which were not interesting and this and that. But the one I kept in the film, you know, uh, what I did, I, I, I went there with a very, very small team. You know, I was the cameraman and Beth, the producer, was also doing the sound. Because because we knew that when you have to shoot in, you know, it's not like, of course, the sugarcane cutters, you are on the wide open, <laughs> that's yeah, fine, yeah. you know. But when you have to go in, in the places where people live, you know, we're talking about, you know, 10 feet by 10 feet, you know, yes. dark room where they live with seven or 10 people, you know. So, of course, you know, you have no room whatsoever. It's not that I could bring a team or a crew or whatever it is, you know. So it's why I decided to do it like that. We had, of course, helpers on the ground and, and technicians to help us. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, we were two, two, two people to shoot that. That was the only way to do it, you know. Well, I mean, and so I decided also to, to give two totally different styles, you know, when we have, you know, all these experts who are sitting in their comfortable offices, you know, wherever they are, you know, they are very well lit and, you know, I have three lights on, or at least on, on them. And, uh, and when we shot all these poor people in their natural environment, there is no light whatsoever because I wanted to show exactly how they live without changing anything, you know. We didn't move them. We didn't, we took them exactly how, how they were, you know, without touching anything, you know. Now, on the, uh, w- when you were interviewing the experts, how did you make up that list? How did you get the... Uh, <laughs> were these things that came to you as, on the fly as you were making the film, or did you have a pretty good idea of, of the people that you wanted to talk to about the subject of poverty? No, that was as scripted as a feature film, you know, because, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's a little bit the same thing. If you want, when, you know, I, I developed very precisely what I wanted to say in the film. And based on that, I looked for each of the issues. I tried to find the expert which would be the most, you know, able to convey that simply because, you know, we are in a movie, you know, and rapidly and to the point, you know. So, so you know, so, of course, there were some that we met along the road that we didn't know, all these kind of things, which were great. But, you know, this... You know, for example, John Perkins was always, for me, a key person in the film. You know, John Perkins is uh-huh. the author of Confession of an Economic Hitman, yes. because he's the first one who is able to say, and 
almost the only one who is able to say, look, what, you know, it's not what you think happened or what you imagine happened is what I did. You know, yeah. I did that. I plunged these countries in this horrible debt. I even says I was responsible for the death, you know, the assassination of two leaders, you know, of two elected presidents in the world, etc., etc. So, you know, we had, like, key people like that that we absolutely needed, you know, to be part of the film. If not, it would be a different film. And, but, yes, we went, like, one after the other. You know, we shot, like, in, in France and in, in the U.S., of course, and in U.K. and all over the place to go to go find these, these experts, you know. Somewhere, big disappointment, somewhere, like, great, you know, much greater than what we had expected, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the, the beauty of having John Perkins, by the way, he's been on uh, our, our one of our shows here at uh, KUCI. Uh, we had right. him on for uh, Weekly Signals, and he's the first person that confirmed what we, I personally, had sort of a visceral idea of what was going on in, right. in the past, so that... These countries never seem to be able to get out of poverty. Uh, it's not for lack of trying. It just seems to be some sort of structural issue. Couldn't quite put your finger on it. And I also remembered very vividly from growing up these uh, people f- uh, in Central and South America who seem to uh, have the un- misfortune of dying in helicop- helicopter crashes all the time. It seemed like right. it was an occupational uh, hazard to get into a into a helicopter for them. So he confirmed a lot of what we as you say in the film, as you articulate in the film, what really is going on here, that these are the, an imposition of a system that is designed to keep the resources flowing from essentially the South to supply the industrial and economic needs of the North. Absolutely. And th- that's why I wanted to, you know, that, that was my main goal making this film. What is important to realize, because, you know, a lot of people, at least all the, what we can call the concerned citizen, you know, know about, you know, the structural adjustment program of the IMF, the loan of the World Bank, and this and that. What we don't necessarily realize is that it started 500 years ago. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of globalization, globalization didn't start 20 years ago. It started 500 years ago when you had this, you know, this small country with no resources, you know, whatsoever, which is, you know, France and UK and Spain and Portugal and even worse, Belgium and Holland, you know, decided to expand their territory brutally, you know, going to take all the resources they needed to build their empire and even the, the you know, the free the free labor by transforming people in slaves and this and that. And if you want, what, what I try to show is that that never changed. And, and simply because, you know, you know, trust me, I'm not a conspiracy theory person. You know, it's not that we design it like that and we want to oppress the people in the third world. That's not the point. The point is that we built a system which cannot function without the resources of the South. You know, like, take for a second, you know, for, for the sake of the discussion, just say tomorrow all the countries of the South unite and say, we will not give you access anymore to our resources. All the economies of the North collapse immediately. Yeah. The U.S., Europe, Japan, Korea, India, China collapse. Of course, at different degrees, you know, definitely will collapse more rapidly in the U.S. than they will collapse in India. But it's the same thing. You know, and, and that is very interesting because, you know, we entrapped ourselves, ourselves by building this system. And, and, you know, the most important, I think, in the film is that until 50 years ago, when we thought that, you know, the resources of the planet were unlimited, and forget about oil, it's not about oil at all, it's all the, all the resources altogether. When we thought they were unlimited, that was fine because, okay, we are taking these resources, but, you know, they are so much that, you know, doesn't matter when they need to develop the countries of the South. They'll take the resources they need. Everybody will be happy. Well, now we have known for the last more than 50 years, definitely, that it's not the case. 
that we are living a finite planet and that we are already, as, a, as one of the experts says in the film, we are already consuming 30% more than what the planet can regenerate. So which means that today, well, today, not today, we have been doing that for dozens of years, you know, we are digging a hole under our feet, hoping that by miracle we will not fall in it. You know, it's exactly what it is, because, yeah. you know, you have the re- we have the resource issue, but we have the human cost of this system, which is that if we are consuming 30% more than what the planet can regenerate, you know, and because, of course, the world population increases every year, it means simply that for us in the countries of the North to maintain our lifestyle, to maintain our level of waste, our level of consumption, we will have to plunge more and more people below the poverty line in the countries of the South. It's yeah. a mathematical issue. Yeah. It's not a political issue. It's not an ethical issue. It's nothing like that. It's a mathematical issue. So in other words, we, will have, to, we have to accept that to maintain you know, our, our system, more and more people will have to die every year. Yeah, you know. it is. It is the old axiom, economic axiom. Uh, I heard economists say one time that an unsustainable trend is not sustainable. Exactly, and that's what and that's what this. We're speaking with Philippe uh, Diaz. The film is End of Poverty. Uh, it opens this week at the. I'm going to say this: the Lemley Santa Monica. Did I get that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure. All right, uh, that's terrific. And uh, we are. The film is about. Uh, it's about poverty. It's told from uh, multiple points of view. Uh, particularly important, it's told from the point of view of the people who are on the other end of this uh, spectrum. We are fortunate enough to occupy the rich end. There are millions and millions of people, uh, billions of people across the, the planet. Who are suffering, uh, and and that is not too strong a word. Suffering under oppressive poverty, and that's what. Oh, you this can say dying. You can say dying because dying. they are really dying. Yes. You know, the, as you remember, the last card of the film says that eighteen thousand children die every day yes. because of poverty-related causes. And then there are, there's a number of statistics in the film. Lots of them uh, that are important that tell the story as well. Something like uh, twenty, the twenty billion dollar figure would begin to, uh, if we were to spend this uh, in appropriate ways, would begin to turn this uh, this around for many people around the world, which is one, what was it, one, what's the percentage of the U.S. Uh, military budget? Um, I think it's 5%, if 5%, I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. So, so what's you know that that's the thing that people don't realize is is what you know Martin Sheen at the end of the film says you know is that our system is financed by the poor, you know look at you know okay so we can go back to to what I showed in the film the, the relation north south but we can also just talk about the U S look at what's going on today yeah. we are debating healthcare you know as if it was something unattainable that would ruin the country. When you have tons of small countries around the world who have free health care for all, you know, without debate and without question and without payment to be made or whatever it is. But the, big, the, US, the, the, the United States of America can't afford that. But we can afford like $4 trillion to bankers who six months later will make billions of dollars of profits. You know, uh, honestly, when, when you look at it from a little bit of distance that I can, because I'm not American, you know, I look at that and I have the, the feeling that I'm in science fiction, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly don't understand like, peop- why people like Joe Lieberman or even Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger I, have not been recalled already. Yeah. You, know, you know, these people are defending, number one, a system which doesn't exist anymore because of the, the situation I explained, you know, of, the, of our system today. Yeah. You know, but on top of that, they are, they, they are forcing people to die every day because, of, you know, people never understand that there are extreme consequences to these kind of actions. 
and 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 you know and and the reality is that in the US the poor people pay for the system pay for the rich to be in power pay for the rich to have this level of consumption pay for pay for everything you know and unless we change the system you know most of the experts in the film think that we are going toward a major economic crisis yeah. where everything will have to stop because we will not be intelligent enough you know, to build a sustainable system, you know, north, south, or even in all countries, and it will result, because of this hole that we dig under our feet that I explain, it will result in a massive explosion. You know, like, you know, it's funny that we started these interviews in 2006, and at the time, most of the experts in the film were saying, we are going toward a very serious economic crisis. And, of course, at the time, nobody was talking about the real estate bubble or whatever it is. You know, and when it happened here, it was kind of funny to hear the official politician saying, oh, we had no idea, we could not have predicted that, we didn't think, blah, 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 blah. Well, I can tell you all the people I interviewed predicted it and knew very well what was going to happen. So we know, we know we are sitting on a, on a, on a dynamite cake, you know, and that it will explode any time if we don't do something. Well, Nathan and I are, have had this conversation a number of times uh, over the last year, which is we're not the smartest guys in the room, generally speaking, but we have been talking about this coming uh, econ- economic uh, uh, collapse for quite some time based on mm-hmm. talking to people like John Perkins and others who have been who have been raising the, the red flag that this cannot continue. It just is not – it doesn't make sense on any level, economic or otherwise – us to continue this system and what i what i what concerns me more, as much as anything and your film is is an example of it and that is we have got to do something about the coming uh crisis of the environment of global ch- climate change and and yet we the world is still relying heavily if not exclusively on an economy on an economic model that is it, that is uh absolutely key to consuming more and more and more, Absolutely. and it Absolutely. just doesn't make sense. It just—I don't understand where we, where that fork in the road is that is not going to be a disaster for us. Oh no, absolutely. And, and you know, and if you know, it's what I say all the time is that you know, uh, global warming is a major issue, and, and 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 you know, and I don't understand that there's even doubt about that. But even worse, the the the, the problem of poverty that I'm explaining in the film, I think, is a much more dramatic problem and and a much more present issue because you know we know that with global warming, people will start to die massively in the next ten, twenty, or thirty years. But I can tell you, people have been dying massively because of the poverty-related issue and this transfer from resources from south to north, you know, in, for 10, 20, and 30 years and more, you know. And that's what we don't realize. Is, and, you know, I don't think that, you know, we are bad people and we don't care about people dying. That, I don't think that's the point at all. I think the point is that people don't know. Yeah. And people don't know because we build this system this, and we manipulate the, totally the system of information. And it's why, you know, radio like you and, and, and all the, 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 the progressive media and independent media are essential because without you, you know, and, and we see it when we release the film, you know, I can tell you that we have been extremely supported by all the progressive media and all the independent media, forget about even politics, you know, and we have been totally shut down by the, by the mass media <laughs> because, yeah. of course, we are, we are attacking a system that, they think is the only one, you know, and, you know, they don't, you know, all these media, doesn't, doesn't matter if we talk about the big paper like New York Times and LA Times and whatever, or the big, of course, the big television, you know, they defend a system which doesn't exist anymore, yeah. you know, and they don't realize that, you know, and I think that if people knew what's, what's going on with the poverty issue, you know, like now they know what's going on with the global warming issue, they would move, they would definitely react, because, you know, we can't rely on our politician to 
fix the problem. It will not happen. You know, we had hundreds of years, you know, of failures by the politician to do anything because it's, they live in a very comfortable world, you know, and they believe in what they were, you know, what they were taught, you know, for, for, for all their life, you know. So, so, you know, so they will not do anything. The only people who can do something, it's us. It's yeah. us if we unite and we say, look, there's a real issue, we have to fix it. And, of course, they will start to fix it, you know. We're speaking with Philippe Diaz. The film is The End of Poverty, and it opens this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, at the Santa Monica Lemley Fourplex, Monica Fourplex. Um, now, and also at, in Culver Plaza. We have two theaters. Well, no, yes, also in Culver Plaza at the Culver Plaza Theaters. Yeah. That's Culver in Culver City, City I assume. Okay. Culver, Culver. Yeah. 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 We're coming up on on Thanksgiving, and and it's we always deal with poverty in these you know uh, quick fix band aid uh, approaches yeah. where you know if if we we contribute to the rescue mission yeah. yeah and but but really what has to go on here is just a uh, like you say a whole uh, a, a paradigm shift I I always shy away from using that word but we we have to turn things around we got to flip the Absolutely. system on its head to make people really see what's going on here. And, and the reason, another reason, you know, it, it's tough to get uh, covered for this in mainstream media is because it's, it's commercial-oriented. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to sell Fruit Loops after people have, have seen the effects of poverty. Absolutely. It's, and it's, so I, as, as much as I, you know, I, I, I love to immerse myself in this kind of uh, subject and, and to do what I can... I, I always grapple with how you change the whole system. How do you, other than just uh, piece by piece? Is that what you see? Just well, little by little. No, there are a lot of. I, I think the number one issue, again, as I said, in this in this country and in the northern country, is education. Not the right. education of poor people, as we think very right. often, but the education of the educated people. You know, we think that they know, but unfortunately, they don't know. But the reality, you know, it's why we brought, you know, look at, we have a great example in the film, which is the water war in Bolivia, you know, where, you know, the, the World Bank had forced Bolivia to privatize their water, yeah. you know, to the point that they, people could not even go fetch water in the river or collect rainwater because it was going to, against the, you know, the interest of the big corporation who privatized the water, including Bechtel Corporation, yeah. who had in, the, in his hands the, all the water, you know, of the, the area of Cochabamba. And people just decided they would not accept that. And they went in the street, and they paralyzed the entire city and the entire region. And they faced the tanks. They faced bullets. People were killed. But they decided they would not let go. And no matter how many people would have to die for that, they would not let their water being privatized in the end of Bechtel Corporation. And Bechtel Corporation had to leave the country. You know, so I think it's a great victory, and who shows that if the Bolivians who have nothing, no resources whatsoever, you know, it's why I put this little part in the in the film, when you have this old man who explained that, in fact, to rally people, they blow in a horn, you know, of, a, of an animal, because that's the only way they have to communicate with people. You know, so they have really absolutely nothing, you know, and they are able to change the, 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 this, this, this bit of neoliberalism, which was imposed in, this, in, in their country on top of everything else. Yeah. You know, so we can definitely do something. And it's why at the end of the film, we bring, like, solutions, which are, you know, political solutions. Again, so we have to to fight our government and our politicians for them to move and change things. Like, for example, agrarian reform. You know, we have to give back the land to people who work on it, like tax system. And it's, that is, of course, valid in the South, but it's also valid in our own countries. You know, like before, the tax, you know, was 
made to rebalance, you know, the inequalities in the country, and it was falling mainly on property ownership. You know, I'm not talking about just your house. Of course, I'm talking about, you know, large resources, natural resources. And now in the 20th century, because of neoliberalism, it shifts slowly without even people noticing from, you know, uh, property to labor and consumption. There should never be you know, taxes on labor and consumption. That's the only thing that people have. Why would you, you tax that? Because that is also the same paradigm, which is to make the poor people fa- pay for the rich. Right. You know, we have to end the monopoly of our natural resources. We have, so we explain all these kind of things, but the most important is probably what this expert says at the end. He's talking about degrowth. Yeah. Because, of course, if we continue to grow, you know, growing is great when you are underdeveloped. Of course, you have to grow. You know, when you are overdeveloped, why do you need to grow? And that's another absurdity of our system. And unless, because as I explained, because of this 30% consumption, overconsumption, unless we degrow, the South will never be able to grow, and it will create more resource war, more terrorism, more et cetera, et cetera. Right. The, the problem, the biggest problem, and, and Nathan and I have talked about this a lot as well, and that is we've got to figure out a way to bring value to things that we do not consider valuable today. We've got to create a whole new paradigm, if you will, of what means it means to be wealthy. Okay? Absolutely. And the problem the United States has here is we are kind of the frog in the boiling water right now. We're, they're, they're, the temperature's going up. We're comfortable. We don't realize where we're going because we're comfortable. And the other big problem here is that these developing countries like China and India and Russia want what we have. And they don't see any reason why they shouldn't have what we have. So we have these two very, very troubling dynamics in place. I personally, unfortunately, think it it means a collapse before we see a a real change in this. And I don't see any way around it because I don't see there's any real institutional support for doing something differently. And I I, I hate to end on such a dour... No, don't end that way. Okay. don't end that way. I'm not going to end that way. <laughs> no, we refused it. I a little optimistic things. You know, I, I, I have to say, unfortunately, a lot of experts agree with you. You know, but I have to say, look, t- 10 years ago, nobody was talking about global warming. Yeah. It was so well locked by the, the mass media that nobody was talking about it. But the expert, of course, who was screaming to everybody who, could, who, wa- who wanted to hear it that, you know, we had a problem that we had to fix. Now, because of a movie and because of all these experts and because of books and this and that, everybody's talking about it. Yes. And everybody is, even in the commercials, look in the commercial. Now, every, the car is green and the, and, the, and, the, and, yeah. the, and the dish soap is green and whatever. <laughs> You know, so, so I think that I think it's possible, and I think that if we all unite to again to 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 talk and to educate, you know, I think it's possible. And I, you know, but maybe I'm too optimistic. I hope you. I hope you. I think we can. Yeah. I think we can bring about an end to poverty. Uh, we've been speaking with Philippe Diaz. He's the director of the new film, The End of Poverty, a wonderful film that opens uh, this Wednesday, November 25th, in Santa Monica at the Lemley Monica Fourplex. Philippe Diaz. Thanks so much for being a part of Film School. Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.